Hi guys, welcome to my review of Westworld Season 3, Episode 5, The Genre. Uh, this episode was a very solid episode, I thought. I'm not sure if I like last week's episode or this week's episode the best from this season overall. So it starts off with Serac and his brother on the uh, countryside that we had a flashback to in the last episode, and they've survived the Paris attack. Basically, they've come to the New World, as he describes it, to build a god, obviously being Rehobram. The brother has basically built it, however they did build it together, and Serac monitors the outliers and the consistency of Rehoboam on his watch. Serac pretty much flaunts his power at the start of this episode to the uh, president that he's having a conversation with, basically showing us that he controls the power like intelligence information and the values of currencies that he can easily crash because obviously they're floated currency and they're not fixed. He basically knows the future based off the most likely outcome. So this episode gives us a much deeper history into the Liam Dempseys, so both junior and senior, and their relationship with um, the Serac brothers, and how their relationship formed and has evolved over the years. We see Dolores and Caleb in a car, and when the Amber Alert comes on, the vehicles approach them, and they're forced to pull over by the automation system. They start getting fired upon before Dempsey Jr. Uh, releases the car from its automated system, and Dolores can now control it. Now going through all this, the title refers to the drug injection that Caleb received earlier in the episode, we see an unbelievable action set piece. The Ride of Valkyries by Richard Wagner starts playing. The genre changes multiple times. It, at the end of the fight, after the incredible scene where the motorbike takes out one of the vehicles, the genre changes again to some mellow music until Marshawn Lynch shows up and Death Grips get involved in the episode. This is the first time we've really seen Dolores really utilize her multiple places at once capability. Obviously we had it in the last episode in the big reveal, but this is where we sort of get to see it in action already knowing the information. So because Dolores needs to be in two places at once, she can obviously achieve this through Connells. Bernard always also states to Connells that living two lives isn't binary, and how they start to bleed into each other, and one personality affects the other, and it becomes like still one entire being. You can't just flip between them and have completely separate emotions from either one. The final genre that we get is nightclubbing by Iggy Pop. Now the whole genre thing I thought was amusing, but it also didn't seem overly necessary in the episode really. It's just a nice payoff when Caleb still thinks he's experiencing the genre drug. However, it's actually reality after they expose everyone to what their life is like. We see another flashback to the early parts of Rehobram in which they were just simply controlling the stock market, or not controlling it, but predicting its outcomes. So they invested $5 million a week ago, and they apparently get a 2,000% return, and they've turned it into $100 million. This is all that Liam Dempsey Sr. generally was interested in, was money the whole time. We get into a philosophical discussion between uh, Caleb and Liam Dempsey Jr. and how they're providing people with false hope as opposed to actual hope. Now obviously at this moment, I would think most of you and how I felt about it was I agreed with Caleb. However, when you see how people react later, it does make you think a little bit deeper about it because when people realise that they actually don't have any hope, about what they have for the future. Maybe it was better to give them false hope anyway because it did make them happier. Now, I think one of the most sort of hard-hitting scenes of the episode was when we were on the train and Dolores puts out the profiles to the other people on the train. The first one we see is this guy named Terence Danvers and he's looking at his peer assessment and his perception is written down as unreliable and unstable. He sees that his friend's most common descriptions for him are asshole, unreliable and crazy and he sees his colleagues' descriptions for him is unprofessional, flaky, and loud. Then it becomes a little bit darker when we go into the profile of Karen Miller. She's looking at her mortality index. She's looking at the fact that she will get early onset Alzheimer's in 12 years, 
we see that she has recessive traits that are detected. But what's crazy is that because of this, to eliminate the genetic profile from the gene pool, she's not allowed to reproduce. And then it finishes up with the darkest thing where a mother is looking at her daughter's profile. So obviously she's looking at her blood relation. So her daughter's overall assessment is that she will have major depressive disorder and a high mortality risk. We see that she will commit suicide by a wrist injury. Obviously, she's going to slit her wrists in five to eight years in the bathroom at their residence. Now, she looks about five or six, I reckon, maybe a little bit older. Maybe she's like eight. I can't really tell with kids that age. They all look the same before puberty. But either way, unless she's already 12, which I highly doubt, she will be a teenager when she dies. Obviously, this affects the mother deeply and you see her reach out for a daughter's wrist. Then you realise they've actually told everyone at the station and you sort of see it start to build. A lot of people are sort of dejected and sitting on the ground, but you also see people who are having arguments and you actually see a couple of people who look a bit happy because obviously what they see is something quite positive. Then you realise that they've told everyone and you see the mayhem that's broken out on the street. You see the juxtaposition of some people throwing bricks through windows and couples arguing and whatever. But you also see some people who seem extremely happy and ecstatic about what their future could hold for them. We get a flashback to where Serac is housing and experimenting on outliers, for example, of sending them to war, because obviously he says you just can't kill them. We also see this later with Dempsey Jr. and how he talks about how they are the only problem with the system, and if they could eliminate all the outliers, everything would be perfect. We see that the other Serac brother is being housed and experimented on, obviously because of the plan on murdering Liam Dempsey Sr., that Sirak tells us about later. We go to Connell's walking into an office after he had a fight with Bernard when Liam Hemsworth shows up and saved him. Connell's blows up the office, killing himself and killing the actress Palm. I, I can't remember her character's name, the uh, girl from Guardians of the Galaxy. When we're on the beach, I think it's the Shining music that plays. And as it plays, Dempsey Jr. is shot. And he also tells Caleb that you did it. So this whole episode was sort of alluding to the fact that there's a lot more to Caleb's story. And it sort of makes me wonder if Dolores coming across Caleb wasn't purely by chance in the tunnel. And it was actually a lot more planned out and she always had him in mind. Everything ends in human extinction, regardless of what happens when they tell everybody about what they are doing and about what their future can hold for them. That's why the brother wanted to murder Liam Dempsey Sr. so he wouldn't tell. Sirak is an understandable villain, and I think he's an extremely effective villain in this season. I think he's been an absolutely fantastic addition to the show. Like with most good villains, you can sort of understand where they're coming from. Now, obviously, I think Sirak's wrong overall. However, he does have very good valid points about the history of mankind and how it seems to be a never-ending cycle of destruction and pain. Obviously, with Paris blowing up when he was a kid, and then you look further back at the world wars, you look back over history... And there's just war and destruction after war and destruction. It just seems to repeat itself, never ending. So I'm very excited to see where this season goes. And I think after discussing it that I actually preferred this episode to the last one. I'm not saying that one's any worse. I just think this one was absolutely fantastic. Season three is way better on track than season two for me. Not that I hated season two as much as most people, but it definitely was a bit of a letdown. I'll be reviewing next week's episode two, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Like the video if you liked it. Dislike it if you didn't like it. Comment what you thought of the episode below and consider subscribing. Thanks for watching, guys.